this show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 2002 to look at you, Grants, about a boy. So let's play you a trailer, and I'll see you soon. You're breaking up with me, you useless, self-centered, superficial loser. I like to think I was pretty cool. I didn't mean anything about anything to anyone, and I knew that guaranteed me a long, depression-free life. Universal Pictures and Studio Canal invite you to meet a man. How would you like to be Imogen's godfather? Who has devoted his entire life. You must be joking. Come drop her on her head at her christening and forget all her birthdays until her 18th when I'll take her out and possibly, let's face it, you know, try and sleep with her. To himself. I, I just thought you had hidden depths. No, you've always had that wrong. I really am this shallow. The thing is, a person's life is like a TV show. Marcus. Can I come in? No. I was the star of The Will Show, and The Will Show wasn't an ensemble drama. Everyone thinks you're weird. I was only trying to feed it. You're the one who was throwing bloody great loaves at the ducks. Yeah, he was. What do you want from me, Marcus? Mum's at it again. She sits in the house all day crying. I can't help you with anything that means anything. You could try. You will end up childless. Alone. Well, fingers crossed, yeah. This isn't my problem. I'm not your family, mate. You don't give a damn about anybody, and nobody gives a damn about you! From the producers of Meet the Parents and the makers of Notting Hill and Bridget Jones's Diary. Alone, bad, friend, good. Comes a story about how much more you can get out of life. This crying in the morning thing is depression. You know, let's get that fixed. When you let other people in. It must look very confusing from the outside. Mm, tell me how it is on the inside. I want to go out with her, okay? I'd like her to be my girlfriend. There, I've said it. How oh, brilliant! He fancied you. He told me. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I think your mum's keen on him. She's not keen on him! She's already keen on me! I was in some strange territory. Was I frightened? I was petrified. So can I come in? Maybe. If there's hope for Will, there's hope for us all. About a boy. And welcome back. So the synopsis of this film is a cynical, immature young man is taught how to act like a grown-up by a little boy. Uh, it's got a 141 minute runtime. It came out in 2002. It's got 7.1 on IMBD, which is, isn't too bad. And it's starring Hugh Grant as Will Freeman, Nicholas Holt as Marcus Brewer, Tony Coletti as Fiona, 
Natalie Tina as Ellie and Rachel Wise as Rachel. It was directed by Chris Whites and Paul Whites, so it was a, a joint effort. Uh, these directors have been involved with uh, films as The Golden Compass and Chris Whites was the writer of um, the Star Wars entry, it's a good film, is Rogue One. And Paul Whites also directed the teen American uh, sex comedy, which is American Pie. The movie was backed by Universal Pictures and Studio Canal. Uh, they had a budget of $30 million and it did very well at the box office. It did $130 million. Uh, take home at the box office and it also did very well critically um, so critically and commercially it had positive reviews and Hugh Grant and Tony Coletti were nominated for a BAFTA nom nominee uh, for their performances in this film the film is actually an adaption of a novel by the same name by English writer Nick Hornby and he's also written Fever Pitch and High Fidelity which have been turned into feature films as well and his work touches upon characters who usually have a obsessive nature. So with Fever Pitch you have Sport and High Fidelity with Music and I suppose you could say the same with this um, novel about a boy where the, uh, I suppose you could say the protagonist in this movie just wants to sort of stay by himself so he kind of has a kind of obsessive nature of that so that's the the, the theme that goes on in these novels um about boy actually sold more than five million copies uh, so i was not doing too bad it did very well as as a book and also as a feature film uh, the other thing to mention here is the actual music in this film. I think the music in this is really, really good. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's very much for the time in in the early 2000s. It's an indie uh, folk rock uh, type music by a band called Badly Drawn Boy. Um, I think they had a hit with this. I actually bought their album um, and it's really good. It's one of those albums where I listen to every track and every track is really good and it goes very well with this movie and the other thing to mention here well I mentioned uh, going back to the early 2000s is around about that time early 2000s uh, late 90s you had um, romantic comedies um, which were doing really well with the cinema uh, you had the hit Four Weddings and a Funeral which really opened the door up to this and it also um, stars Hugh Grant who was kind of like the romantic comedy sort of main guy uh, he then went on to go and do Notting Hill which was a massive hit and then you had uh, Bridget Jones's Diary uh, then after this you had Love Actually so there were um, these films that were really doing well romantic comedies some people call them chick flicks I'll get back to that in a minute um, but the thing that I feel that is different between uh, Four Weddings, Notting Hill, Bridget Jones, uh, Love Actually, uh, with About Boys, you, you, the, the theme here is this is about a friendship um, more than a, a relationship between a, a man and a woman, which is in, in the other films. And... Um, it, it, it's got a sort of father and son vibe about it and it's about two characters that come together from different worlds to help each other out and they don't think that they're going to be compatible with each other and they are 
in the end which is what I really like about this film and it's kind of what took me from the beginning and I suppose I was drawn in and I think a lot of people said this where you saw um, Hugh Grant in Four Weddings and Notting Hill um, and Bridget Jones' story I think, I'm sure Bridget Jones came out before this or it might have came out after but um, you look at you looked at Hugh Grant at that time and when I saw him on on the poster outside the cinema I looked at it I thought oh this this is another romantic comedy because I didn't, I didn't read the novel before I saw the movie um, and then when I watched the film and I was immediately hooked because it just felt like Hugh Grant was playing somebody different you know somebody a little bit um, how do I explain this somebody I, I guess he's selfish in this movie in some ways um, and I suppose it's when the movie starts, he's in his flat, he's in his apartment, and he says that no man is an island. Um, and then he's saying, well, that's not true, because I think I am an island. I think I'm my beefer. And in the modern day times, I can live in a flat, and I can seclude myself from the world. And it's almost like he's saying that is his island, and he can row to shore to buy some supplies. But instead of... Um, being on a desert island where you've got to go and get food and water. He's going down to HMV to buy himself a, a CD. And, you know, CD, that's the other thing. What's different is it came out in 2002. So it's just on that sort of border of, um, you know, internet, internet, social media. You don't really see many telephones in this film. Telephones are there, but it's not the big, the big deal, which is kind of nice in a way. You know, that, that's not the main theme. Um, but yeah, he's... He's on this island and he treats what he does throughout the day as as units. So one unit for um, going to HMV to buy a CD or one unit to go and play some snooker or go and have his hair done and get some lunch. And, you know, he's, I suppose in some ways he's living this ideal life. And that's what I like about this film. The premise for this film is it felt like something that I'd never really seen before, but when I was watching it for the first time I was thinking oh what a great idea and in this case in cinema for Hugh Grant at the time I think what's clever here I think a film like Notting Hill actually makes Hugh Grant playing this play this film better because um, going back to Notting Hill is I think that's a really good film and it's one of those films where um, on the outset you I said this before, there was this, you know, phrase that we use, you know, chick flick, you know, lots of women love these romantic comedies, but with Notting Hill, I think it really reached out to everybody. I think it was a nice film for couples to go and watch and everybody kind of got it and um, Hugh Grant's uh, character in that film is very sort of likeable, he's lovable, he's, he's bumbling along with his life and... Um, He's so genuine when he sort of puts himself in the world of um, Hollywood when he meets Julia Roberts that everybody's rooting for him. And it's a nice build-up of character. It's a real feel-good film. And the other thing with these types of movies is that they feel real. You know, when there's something for everybody. So when you're watching it, you may not relate to the main character, but there's other characters on the outset which are funny and they're real and they're dealing with every life, everyday problems and it's relatable um, and by the end of the film you come out and you feel good about it. So 
then you have about a boy and you go in and you watch this thing oh it's Hugh Grant is he going to play that character again and he doesn't he plays a completely different character but he does play it really well and I think Hugh Grant's acting in this is, is great um, the way he plays it off but then you you're introduced to him and then this film is basically two people on different ends of the spectrum so you've now got the character of Marcus who is 12 years old goes to school and he's finding things difficult things aren't working out for him he doesn't um, have the things that Will does he comes from a single parent family where he's, his mum is going through depression and anxiety um, he's, he's getting bullied at school and a lot of that is to do with the, the depression that his mum is going through and he is taking the role of he is his own father figure because he's taking responsibility and that's an awful lot on the shoulders of a 12 year old and I think that the actor Nicholas Holt does an incredible um, job of that and I think for some of us um, I, I think Marcus is a relatable character because not for everybody is school can be a very very difficult place um, it, it's supposed to be the best place to be but sometimes it can be the worst place to be and I think in this film that is portrayed very well through the Marcus character um, and it also the the telling of how much of an influence that your parents can have on you um, when you go to school so if you've got problems at home that can go that can reach out to school and the other kids can pick up on that um, but he is although he is going for all that he's a very very strong character he's got you know he he gets bullied but he doesn't back down he, and he stands on what he believes and I think that is the strength of Marcus and he's got all the qualities of being um, like he's, he's probably grown up a little bit too quick for his age but uh, these are the things that are missing from the Will character so when these two characters combine it works and that's what's clever about this film so in a short space of time in this film in the first 10 minutes you you basically got the building block of these two characters and you've also got um, uh, a narration in the background between the two so you see them on screen and they're, they're narrating each other which is um, a big part of this movie and it continues throughout the movie so you basically get the mind uh, process of what these characters are thinking in the situations that they're putting and I think it's great I think it's a really great way of telling, telling the story um, you also got some funny lines here um, there is a little bit of there's a line that Marcus comes out and says that um, I wouldn't have this problem if I was like Hayley Joel Osman who was um, you know, doing quite well as a child actor at the time. He was in the Sixth Sense, and that's the that is also a, a tie over with um, Tony Coletti, who was in the Sixth Sense, who played played the mother of that kid. So there's a little bit of a tie. Um, so yeah, so you get um, the the Will character who jumps in and out of relationships. He doesn't really want to get involved because he feels like if he does, then that's going to in interrupt his life on his island. So you get a sequence here of him breaking up. Uh, with women and there's one woman that he meets who is a single parent and he doesn't want to invest in it and there's a bit here where he sat down at the table and he's and again you've got the narration he's thinking oh god I've got to split up with her. I don't know how to do this but then she actually splits up with him and it's quite funny because it's 
him thinking, oh, I'm actually not feeling rubbish about myself here because it's not me that's breaking up. And this is the first point of the movie where I think you're starting to get the build of the character where the story ignites and then he's thinking, well, this worked out okay. So I'm thinking there must be loads of single parents out there. So let's go down to the local hall where single parents meet up. There's a place called um, Spats. Single parents alone together. He's sat in a circle. It's quite a... There's, there's little bits of comedy in here where he's talking about his kid, Ed, uh, Ned. And he's trying to convince these single mothers that, you know, this, this, this child is real, but it's not. There's a deception here with Will, which is a little bit crafty. Um, and then he meets Susie. And again, there's, there's some funny bits here where he has to try and convince Susie that Ned's a real character. So he gets a child seat and he says that Ned's with his mother for the day. So he's not going to be here and he's making the child seat look like it's been used. Um, and then this is where you get the tie over now with where, with where Marcus comes in. So Susie is friends with um, Marcus's mum. They go out for the day. And when they return home to Marcus's house, uh, Marcus's mum has taken an overdose and she tried to commit suicide. And now you've got Will um, having to take some responsibility. Um, he takes, he follows them up to the hospital. Um, but at this point, you can see the Will character is feeling like, you know, I've got, I guess I've got to take responsibility. This kind of feels weird, but. Um, the narration point here is him saying, you know, I really felt sorry for Marcus, but again, he's saying, well, he's not really my responsibility. So I'm, I felt good about that at the time, but I'm only going to dip in in that, dip, you know, dip in to help out. But now I'm going to row back to my island again. But Marcus sees that differently. He sees Will as a potential father figure, and he goes to visit him at his flat, and he finds out that. Ned isn't real, so he kind of um, uses that to his advantage. He basically says to Will, look, you know, I just want a friend. You know, I'm getting bullied at school. I just want to sort of hang out with you. Um, and each day from there onwards, uh, Marcus comes round at first. Uh, Will's under a bit of duress. He's thinking, oh, no. But over time, this is quite a nice sequence. They're watching Countdown together, and it's shot after shot with, at first. Um... The doorbell rings and then Will opens it up, but then over the course of time, Will just opens the door at the same time they're sat down. And there's a really nice moment here where they're just sat on the sofa watching some TV, and then Marcus picks up a little wedge of um, orange and then just passes it over to Will, and then Will just laughs. And it's just a really nice moment. You can see that they're just having fun. So over the time, uh, Will tries to install confidence into Marcus and he finds out that he's getting bullied at school. So the way Will thinks he's going to deal with this is by buying him trainers, which is going to be the cool thing to do, which is the thing that he does and he thinks that's going to be all right. Uh, Marcus goes to school with his trainers and then he gets them taken away from him and he comes home and he's crying. And this is when Fiona goes to confront Will and Will's having dinner with his sister. And it's a really good scene here. Because it's like Will gets um, rooted out in front of everybody in a restaurant. And it's almost as if she starts saying, oh, what have you been doing with my son? He comes around the house and then Will gets up. And this is the first time you see a little bit of responsibility from him. He's just coming away from that iron and he's saying, 
The reason why Mark is as depressed is because of you. He's basically carrying all that weight on his shoulder when he goes to school. And then at that point, same thing here. It's like a triangle effect. It's also Fiona doesn't realise this either, his mum. And then Will just does the thing that, you know, as if he rows away from this island. But then he goes back to it because he's thinking, you know what? It's not my problem. Um, you know, I'm not related to you. I'm just going to go back to my life and sit down. And then, like I say, it's a really good character build up here because then Fiona sort of goes, well... As much as I'm annoyed with you, that's it, is it? You're just going to, you know, step out of Marcus's life. And then Will goes, yeah, and goes, all right, that's typical. And then uh, Will's sister, Christine, is at the table. And I've got to mention this. There's a good scene earlier with his sister where, you know, they're saying to him, you know, maybe one day you might get married. And he's thinking, oh, God, no, you know. But obviously his, his sister can relate to Fiona and say, yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to tell Will, Will this for years. And it's, it's good because then Fiona says, well, no, you can't walk out of Marcus's life. He's your friend, you know. And then this is how I see the next level for Will because then he gets invited over to Fiona and Marcus's for Christmas. Again, It's you get to meet Marcus's dad who's a bit of a drip, you know. Uh, doesn't really know how to put two words together. But at the same time, it's nice because Will's sat at the table, they're, they're enjoying Christmas dinner together, and he's having fun, and he's surprised himself as, as a person. He's, you get that narration again of him saying, you know, here I am at, at the table, and I'm actually enjoying myself. And then it goes on to hit Will going to a uh, New Year's Eve party, and then this is where you're introduced to Rachel Wise, uh, who plays Rachel. And... This is a great scene with the whole building block that you've had of the film of Will um, where he's just completely cut ties with life but then Marcus has come into his life. You now get him sitting down and having a very uncomfortable conversation with Rachel because he's actually interested in her and he, he's actually met someone who he, he thinks that he'd quite like to have a relationship with but... As soon as she starts asking him, well, you know, what do you do? And he's trying to avoid the conversation. He actually goes, uh, well, I don't do, I don't actually do anything, you know. Um, my dad wrote a song many years ago and I, I live on the royalties. You know, the Santa Su Super Slay song, which I haven't mentioned yet. But then all of a sudden it's like, he then goes, well, actually, no. He, he then tells her that Marcus is his son. And now you get this uh, scene now where... He actually has to go to Marcus and say, look, mate, I need your help. And it's a great scene because it's like, it's now Will that's gone from secluding himself to actually thinking, I need I need this this kid's help to help me out because I've met someone actually who want to have a relationship and they have this talk. And uh, Marcus, again, is this scene where they're at the zoo together um, discussing this plan. Marcus is actually being the parent in this scene saying, well, why can't you just tell her the truth? And why are you, you know, why are you beating around the bush? And then Will's trying to explain, well, you know, I, I can't because I want to, you know, I just want to try and sort of etch this plan out. So then he goes over to Rachel's house. Um, Marcus meets Rachel's son. He's very sort of standoffish. He says he knows him from school. Uh, Marcus then runs out of the house upset. And Will is... 
Left with no option but to tell Rachel the truth and when he does tell her the truth over dinner he walks away and this is where he, he's, he's thinking you know what I, I actually feel really bad about this and this is the again I, I keep saying development of the character you get in the development of the world character throughout this whole movie which is great and it's what really captivates you and really draws your attention to this film is he's thinking you know what I've been living on this secluded life but it, it's beginning to realise that I need more than that and this um, relationship that he has with Marcus is changing his life and he realises that when he does meet someone special he needs to have more, he needs to talk about more things and just and more importantly I guess he just needs to be more truthful to himself and then not only is Will changing as well when realising uh, Marcus is as well he's thinking that he's got this friend and in his life he's got this father figure and it's changing for him and he's feeling a lot better and there's a nice scene where he goes to school and all of a sudden the, there's a there's a girl that he, he likes who's a little bit standoffish with him he says you know actually you're okay Marcus you know and it's making him feel a little bit better about that um, but then it turns for the worse again when Marcus comes home and he finds out that his mum's again suffering with depression she's, she's gone into a little bit of a low uh, Will's feeling bad about him so our main characters here are back are dropping back down again to where they were in the first place but then the difference now is that Will has changed and he's actually grown up he's, he's actually taken it upon himself to go to the uh, spat single parents alone together where he started out at the beginning and he walks in and you've got a different Will here he's a bit more responsible he walks into the circle it's a funny scene because he talks to um, Fiona and acts like a responsible adult for once and says, look, we've got to talk about Marcus, we've got to help him out. And um, then Fiona says, well, he's at school and he's doing a singing competition today. And then Will's like, what? And he said, yeah, he's going to get up on the stage with his tambourine and sing that song. And he says, and he says to her, no, he's not singing that song for himself, he's doing it for you. And then Fiona realises her errors of the way. And uh, they get into the car and then they drive to the school. And there's a funny line that Will comes out and says now. He says, you know, it's going to be it's going to be bad for him. He said, it's going to be like that dream you have when you, you know, you wake up and you go out of the house without your trousers on and you get to school and everybody's laughing at you. So he gets to school. Um, Marcus is on the stage and you kind of feel a bit of anxiety for him at this stage because the Rachel's... Um, Rachel Wise, his son, is doing a break dance and it looks great and he's blowing it out of the water and then there's poor old Marcus stood on the stage with his friend with a recorder where he's paid a five quid five quid to him, you know, to come on, go on there and the kid says, I can't do this, here's your five quid back and like I say, you just feel that like that stage fright for Marcus, you know, he gets told to go out on the stage and then Will turns up and he's like saying, you know, don't do it kid you got to embarrass yourself, you know. But Marcus goes on there, and I think this is just a lovely finale um, for this film, where Marcus goes out and he tries his best, best God, God bless him, and he gets um, laughed off stage um, by by the kids and some of the parents. But then Will does the does a great thing, and he picks up his guitar. And he plays the uh, Killing Me Softly song. And it's just great. It's just like the two have formed together to say, 
you know, we're, 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 for the moment, we're just two friends that are taking on the world together and we need each other. Um, and it pays off and I think it's a great way to, to end a film like that. Um, Rachel's in, in the crowd. It kind of jumps a year ahead and obviously that's worked for Mark because he's, he's built his confidence up. It's changed his life. He's become a little bit more popular at school. And Will has as well. And the it cuts to a scene where they're both sat on a sofa at Christmas. And you get the narration now with Marcus saying that you can't be alone in the world. You need each other. You need you need more people in your life to help each other out when when things are down. And because Will's taken that bit more responsibility, things have opened up for him. Doors have opened up. He's 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 in a nice relationship. He's got friendships. And he's realised that you can't be alone on this island because, you know, it's not a good place to be necessarily. And uh, even the, the uh, Rachel's son, you know, he was a bit standoffish with Marcus actually says to Will, you know, you're going to marry my mum. So, yeah, it's it's a good story. It's got, it's got some really good um, social issues in there, um, which I would say most people can relate to and that's what I like about this film there's things that you can look watch and think yeah um, but at the same time it's done it, it can go very sort of dark in places but then it, it, there's a nice blend of comedy and the actors in this are great you know fantastic performance by Hugh Grant Tony Coletti is just brilliant in everything that she does um, she's doing really well with especially the horror themes at the moment um, and uh, Nicholas Holt um, I think he's progressed as an actor as well um, so yeah it's it, on the whole I, and I'm not to forget Rachel Wise um, I think she, at this time she's just come off from doing The Mummy with uh, Brendan Fraser so you know big fan of that film but she's good in whatever she does so yeah it's I can't compliment this film enough it is just a good film a solid movie um, it feels real in places and not to forget that brilliant soundtrack by Badly Drawn Boy so again it's the the different tracks for the, the, the soundtrack from that album in this movie works really well for different different scenes so there's there's a song when um marcus turns up to the to will's house earlier on in the movie and there's a there's a song in the background it just really works it looks like there's marcus is just walking towards the door and it's that um folk music of that so yeah it's it's good um so yeah i can't compliment this film enough it, it, it's it's, for me, it's a little bit of lightning in the bottle. Every time I pick it up, I'm drawn to it. Um, so, yeah, uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. So, there you go, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, Going to close the show now, but before I do, as always, a little bit of admin for the show. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there including my other podcast which is the mystery vault podcast where i talk about the unexplained and mysteries um you can find me on facebook uh, that's where i'm most active so let me know if there's any films that you want me to review 
Uh, you can find uh, Bite Size Cinema on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and several other players. If you type in Bite Size Cinema Podcast into Google, it will take you somewhere where you can listen to the show. Um, and the next episodes that are coming up, I've got um, The Evil Dead 2 with um, a guest, Mark Ball, who's a fellow podcaster. Excited to talk about to him about that film because I haven't had him on the show yet. And um, I'm sure along the way I will pick up a movie to do a, uh, a solo review on like I have done um, today. So yeah, that's it guys. Um, as always, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe and I will see you soon. this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.